Do you like games? Cool. Do you like fantasy football? Well, you're here. Do you like games about fantasy football? Sweet. I have the perfect podcast for you. Dynasty Game Night, hosted by yours truly, Russ Fisher, Matt Price, John Bosch, and Rocky Petrella. We play games about fantasy football. You might learn a little something, but really, we're just here to have fun. So if you like playing a game about a game about a game, then check out Dynasty Game Night, a proud member of the DLF family of podcasts. You're listening to the DLF Dynasty Podcast, where there is no off-season. Welcome into another edition of the DLF Dynasty Podcast. I'm Dan Myler with Matt Price and Ryan McDowell. Matt, week 11 in the Dynasty, in Dynasty is, I guess, in the books. We're, we're trudging along towards the postseason. Trade deadlines are are very soon if they haven't already passed. How's it going? I, I don't know. I feel pretty down this week, Dan. Uh, this is Oh, you didn't have any JT? <laughs> and, unless you had, <laughs> j- yeah, Jonathan Taylor. This was a, a rough week, I feel. I, oh, I do come on. There, were, there was Justin Jefferson, and there were a handful of guys that really carried Dynasty. There were, but I, I can't remember a week where I had to set my lineups so many times with last-minute COVID, uh, last-minute injuries, uh you know, illnesses just like i don't know I, the burnout was real today setting lineups and uh the packers blew a game and it was not enough jonathan taylor it was it was rough for me how about you yeah it wasn't too bad i you know i really i love J- jt as a wisconsin badgers fan i love watching him play so uh, i was playing against him in a couple places that hurt a little bit but i have him in a couple as well ryan i i know you played against him in dead presidents how'd that go Oh man, did I? Yeah, I guess I did. I try not to check scores too early, and uh, now after hearing that uh, that that little tidbit, I don't think I want to check scores at all. <laughs> You'll stay yeah, away was, from that one, man. What what a game though! What a game! It, it it's funny. I was uh, last week looking at some different stats and and noticed how just how strong the Bills defense had been, uh, allowing very few. Uh, top 12 performances to any position and, and tweeted something along the lines of don't play anyone against, uh, against the bills. And that was actually before I checked out the schedule, obviously got a little pushback. Like what about JT? We have to start Taylor. You can't bench Taylor. And, and of course I, I wouldn't have advised that, but at the same time, didn't expect that, that, blow up game yeah a blow up game indeed maybe maybe set your league's scoring record for a specific week probably led you to a win if you have them in your starting lineup but we'll get to that game as we move along through the episode we're once again going to talk about all these games from week 11 and do some immediate dynasty reactions we'll dig in with the thursday night contest first that's the patriots blanking the falcons 25 to nothing Mac Jones threw a touchdown, Ramondre and Damian Harris, they split the work in the backfield, and and really, if you played anybody, you're probably disappointed, Ryan. Yeah, what what a rough game. That that was just a it was like a warning of what what we should expect from the Maybe. week because that, that that game was so ugly, you know, 
Quarter Al Patterson's been one of the stories of the season. He was missing for the Falcons. Uh, the, the Patriots made it look pretty easy against Atlanta, but still didn't give us much from a fantasy standpoint. Damian Harris was back. That's good news for them. Uh, I don't know that it's necessarily good news for fantasy managers because it obviously hurts uh, Ramondre Stevenson, but Harris also didn't see that full workload that he was seeing prior to his concussion. So um, it's it's back to what we always see from, from the New England backfield. You, just, you really can't use those guys. There will be games where one of them really blows up, but those those are probably going to be tough to predict. Yeah, and especially with him not, Damian Harris not involved in the passing game ever, really, that just limits his overall upside. He has to score touchdowns to be useful, has to score multiple touchdowns, really, to be a big-time playmaker and a guy that gets you a win in a week. Just one catch for nine yards in this game. He did have the 10 carries for 56, but Ramondre... They were milking a lead for most of the most of the game, not just even the second half. Ramondé Stevenson only twelve carries, sixty nine yards, looked good doing it, and one catch for six. Again, both of them relatively disappointing if you had them in your lineup. Speaking of disappointing, many of us were disappointed in Kyle Pitts, just three catches for twenty nine yards. But as we all know, Uncle Bill he likes to shut down number one on the opposing offense, and they were bracketing Pitts throughout the game. We're not going to read that much into that game. Anything else that you're thinking about with the Falcons, Matt? I'm thinking about a player not involved in this game, and that's Calvin Ridley. And I just wonder what his value is in Dynasty right now. It seems to be all over the place. On contenders, I have tried moving him for you know reasonable buy, uh, a value to get a, a piece for, for a run. Um, and there's just really not anything out there for me. In the trade finder, I found one reasonable deal, like if you're a contender and you want to get off of Ridley, Ridley in a second for Adams. But otherwise, it's it's ugly. I saw one for Brandon Cook straight up, David Johnson straight up, Rondell Moore in a second. So uh, let's see, in ADP, he's fallen from wide receiver eight in October to wide receiver 16 in November. So I, I don't know, Dan, Are we? I assume we're buying. Yeah, we got to buy at those yeah. prices. Holy cow, you, you, those are bargain basement deals. You, did you say David Johnson? Yeah, David Johnson straight up. <laughs> oh, my like, that God. That is desperation. Like, David Johnson is almost a roster clogger he, cut. So, he's a cut. <laughs> yikes. Yeah, that is, that's brutal. No, no, he is a cut. Yeah, He what, is a cut. What is the, you know, what's the reasonable price that you're paying? Even if you're a contender, it feels like you should be capitalizing on some of these veterans that are maybe playing over their heads. I'm thinking like if somebody needs a tight end, maybe you can get them for one of those veterans like, I don't know, Zach Ertz or something like that. If those are the prices, feels like you should get but, them for almost nothing. But if you're a contender and you don't have Ridley and you have that first burning a hole in your pocket, you know, somewhere in the 110 to 112, like that seems like an easy, easy offer. Maybe it doesn't get accepted. But, you know, looking at some oh, of the Oh, it trades, feels like it does if those yeah. prices are any indication. Yeah. I mean, I was looking for I, like a first and a second kind of value, you know, like players in that range. But that was like a non-starter in several leagues. What kind of what kind of players were you trying to target when you were trying to get a useful piece? Um, I was trying to get Keenan Allen straight up, um, you know, players in that range. That yeah, might be a little high. Yeah. I guess. I guess apparently it was you know, a little like, high. You can't. Trying to, trying to buy do the age buyback thing for a team that isn't contending. Didn't really work. I out. saw uh, the only one I've seen recently was Ridley straight up for James uh, James Robinson. James. That's closer, I'd say. I mean, if you, I, you need a running back and you're contending, it's probably you're probably doing. Yeah, that. he wanted a useful piece. Yeah. He was going to make a run, so it it makes a little bit of sense. What do you think, Ryan? Any any comments on the Ridley value? 
Yeah, I haven't looked at him too much as far as checking out the the, the trade finder. Um, I haven't tried to acquire him or sell him in any of my leagues, but I think I will have to now. Um, I, you know, when when he made that statement originally, what three weeks ago now, maybe maybe a little longer than that, even. Um, I, I mean, there was sentiment out there that he had that he retired and. Um, you know, I mean, who know, who knows exactly what's going to happen, how this plays out. Um, it, it's more unpredictable than an injury situation for different reasons. But I think it's still reasonable to expect him to come back at some point, even if it's uh, the 2022 season. And if that's the case, uh, or even if that's the case, if that's the worst case, I still would pay a first rounder for him. I would, I would certainly still pay, uh, you know, give up a lot of the players that, that you were talking about there. I'm I'm thinking about names that pop into my head that feel like pivots. Like if you had Cortland Sutton, are you trading Cortland Sutton for him? Feels yeah, like I am. I am. Yeah. I am. Okay. Yeah. You know, that's kind of the range you can, he, he moves down a couple of tiers than where he's been throughout this season. And, and probably even where our ADP might suggest right now, you should probably aim a little bit lower in the ADP with, if you're trying to come up with a, a comparable wide receiver that can get you production now, or, or if you're going the other way, if you're trying to send something away. That's what I was going to say. Looking, Matt mentioned he's wide receiver 16 in our November ADP. Um, but looking at the names below him, uh, Jerry Judy, I don't think you could get. Michael Pittman, you almost certainly could not get for him. Um, Devontae Smith would be a big no. <laughs> Keenan Allen is uh, 10 spots below him. Matt mentioned him as, as a, a player that could not be acquired. Uh, Hollywood Brown, Jalen Waddell, those, those, that's not happening. Uh, I think you have to drop down outside of the top 30 wide receivers um, where you're looking at Lockett. Um, what about Bateman? I'm trying. I'm trying to get Ridley without giving up Bateman. I mean, I know I, I, I agree with you, but like, if I had Ridley and I need somebody to produce, but I don't want to go super old, could I get Bateman for Ridley? Probably not. Uh, maybe, maybe you can get it if if you really want to. I, I don't think you want to give up Ridley that bad just yet. Is, I know there hasn't been a lot of bit of, a lot of news about Calvin Ridley recently. But I don't think there's anything pushing him closer to retirement than where he was when you when you mentioned that what he had said when he stepped away from the team, Ryan. I think of him almost as I as I think of first round picks. Could you use him to get something to help now? Yes, you could. Personally, as as I've kind of talked about on here the past couple of weeks, I would rather aim lower and and spend less. So. Um, you know, target Adam Thielen. I think he's he's going to cost less than that. Uh, you know, we could come up with, and, and probably we'll talk about several veterans uh, who would be solid starters. The you know over the next month that would be cheaper than Calvin Ridley. It's an interesting to sit, uh, conversation, and certainly one we'll continue to have throughout the rest of this season. We'll see if he returns to the field. Again, in 2021, I think most of us probably think that's unlikely at this point. And maybe he recovers some of that value if there's news in the offseason. Let's jump into these Sunday games, fellas, uh, and start with the Browns and the Lions. Cleveland won that one 13-10. It was all about the running backs. Nick Chubb, 22 carries, 130 yards, and then two catches for 14 and a score. While DeAndre Swift on the other side, 
Just 14 carries, but turned that into 136 yards and a big touchdown run. Caught three passes, didn't gain any yards on those, but another solid game for DeAndre Swift, Ryan. Yeah, actually the second week in a row he has uh, set a new career high in rushing yards. I think last week he had 130. That was only a second game over 100 rushing yards in his career, uh, and then 136 in this one. Uh, we did see Jamal Williams back on the field. Of course, that had been uh, a lot of what had led to the increased workload for Swift. Uh, but Williams, I don't know if he's not fully healthy. I, I didn't actually see any of his carries yet. I'll, I'll go back and check that out. But the box score, certainly not impressive. Just seven carries for 11 yards, no targets at all, and uh, only played 13 snaps compared to uh, nearly triple that for Swift. So just uh, just locking in Swift's uh, role moving forward. And uh, we were probably a little aggressive valuing him as a top two or three dynasty running back. Uh, but that's that's kind of the reality of where he is right now. Yeah, it really feels like a conversation that has to be had where he belongs exactly. Uh, probably very difficult to get outside of the top five running backs and not say DeAndre Swift's name. Matt, what are your thoughts on, on where he lines up with other tailbacks in our dynasty game? I think I've got him three right now. I'm still I'm still keeping CMC just ahead of him, but I think you know somebody we're going to talk about later to uh, we 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 can lock in as running back one I think um yeah, but yeah. uh I think he's in the conversation for for two overall if if you don't want to take on the age of a uh, Christian McCaffrey Yeah uh I I'd, I'd have him at two myself Ryan do you have a do you have an opinion on Swift Yeah I also have him at two but I think uh he he's in that conversation with uh with McCaffrey uh, we can probably put Najee Harris in that in that range at this point as well, um, but yeah, like you said, you you really can't name five running backs you want more than him. With a coaching staff that seems intent on building that team from the inside out, and at least that offense it seems like Swift is going to be what that what that coaching staff builds the offense around. Going to give him the opportunity to make the biggest plays and and opportunity after opportunity to uh to really contribute to that offense he's he's in line for a big few years there in Detroit despite their probably probably lack of wins there with the Lions uh the 49ers speaking of teams that are lacking wins they beat the Jaguars 30 to 10 Debo Samuel he he's the best running back in San Francisco right eight carries 79 yards and a rushing touchdown uh just caught one pass for 15 yards Ryan Debo Debo's an impressive guy. Of course, he's he's all about the yak, the guy that runs after the catch. He's he's an impressive uh, out of the backfield now, as we've seen over the last couple of weeks, running those draws and those off tackle runs. He's so hard to bring to the ground that they need to give him these five to ten carries per game on top of his workload as a receiver. Yeah, it's it really feels almost fortunate for San Francisco dealing with the the injuries that they have. Uh, that they have had and, and continue to have in the backfield that they've got this, uh, you know, the secret weapon basically who went from being locked in as, as a wide receiver one to now gaining, what was it? 70, 80 yards on, on the ground and, and running for a touchdown as well. Yeah. Just, just an unbelievable player, such, such a fun player to watch. And, um, Talk about a guy gaining value. I mean, he's gone from seventh or eighth, ninth round to uh, a top 
a top 20 dynasty player. Yeah, and he, he certainly looks the part. He looks like he belongs there. I think I speak for all dynasty managers when I say we're, we're always nervous about the injury, though, coming up. And he hasn't really uh, missed time because of any injuries this year, but that certainly could could be right around the corner when you're talking about Debo Samuel. Speaking of Debo and his value gaining so much over the course of this season, Ryan, it feels like all these 49ers pass catchers might be gaining a little value. Of course, Ayuk, his value tanked early this season, but 7 for 85 and a score on 7 targets on Sunday against the Jags. And then George Kittle once again finds the end zone, 4 catches for 34 yards. These guys are, are really stalwarts in our starting lineup for good reason now. Yeah, it's been a, a nice turnaround over the past uh, three weeks or so for the 49ers offense. Uh, of course, earlier in the season, they were one of the top dynasty stories for the for the wrong reasons. Uh, Kittle suffered that injury. His value was was plummeting while we saw other tight ends enjoy, enjoy uh, strong starts to their season. And of course, we know the deal with Ayuk. Just just a rough start to his year. He seems to be over that. Whatever was going on, uh, I, I think the entire team and coaching staff has passed that. He's uh, a reliable weekly contributor once again. And I mean, Kittle is in the conversation for once again a top two or three tight end in the game, if if not the tight end one spot. So yeah, this is this is the team you want a piece of. It it just makes me wonder what what's going on at quarterback. Garoppolo has been just good enough. Yeah, just good enough once again, and really a game manager. Sixteen for twenty two, throwing the football, one hundred and seventy six yards, two touchdowns, no picks. Matt, at the beginning of the season, we would have looked at this game on the schedule and said said by week 11 we're probably seeing Trey Lance that's going to be the Lance versus Trevor Lawrence game Lawrence was on the field 158 yards no touchdowns no picks just 23 rushing yards kind of a ho-hum game as he's been as he, he tends to do not much Trey Lance in this one he, he ran the ball a few times out of the backfield in that wildcat package but it's it's really disappointing as a bunch of Trey Lance backers we we figured we'd be seeing him by now but the but the 49ers are 5-5. Five and five. It doesn't feel like we're going to see them anytime soon. Yeah, and, and looking at some trades this weekend for, for, for Trey Lance, he's still holding massive amounts of value in, in Superflex sure. leagues, you know, as, as, he, as he probably should be. And maybe, you know, maybe he's just the quarterback two or one even if we wanted to re-rank these guys right now just based on that upside that we don't know if, if it's there or not. We assume it's there. We don't know. It's kind of this, uh, this present we want to open, right? We've seen Lawrence uh, for the entire season. We've seen Fields in extended action. We've seen Mac Jones the whole season. We've seen Zach Wilson for a large amount right and for the most part all of these guys have disappointed uh, except for the a couple of games from fields uh you know jones is looking solid if not spectacular um so just just wondering what trey lance was being valued at right now he's pulling still pulling guys like cmc straight up barkley straight up lands at a first for lamar jackson uh so like he i mean if you're for some reason a contending team with lands and you need a piece like he, he is somebody you could shop if you aren't counting on him for the future uh, i'm not sure how i feel about that i feel like i'm probably taking cmc straight up there in almost any situation unless i just i, I know that i need lance to be my my quarterback one or two you know in in uh 2022 so uh, i wonder how you guys would rank these rookies right now I'm not even sure how I'd rank them, but I, I do think I, I do think you're spot on with the way uh, Trey Lance is, is being valued still very highly. I think we could say the same for uh, Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence that uh, all three are 
not off to the start we expected and we hoped, but the value is still sky high. And if you're if you're doing a, a mid season dynasty startup super flex league, they're still all three certainly top twenty four picks, I would think. And we've seen positives from the guys that have gotten on the field, including Lance. He's made a couple of plays earlier in the season. Field certainly has made a few strides, especially of late, not uh, not really counting Sunday's game. And then I, I would I would say if you had to grade these guys based on just what they've done on the field, Jones has been the the best he rookie has, quarterback right? so far this season. It's it's almost impossible, Matt, to put him at number one among the class, though. In fact. If I had to rank them, I would I would pre- be pretty close to how I had them coming out of the draft. It, it's probably Lawrence, Lance, Fields, Jones, and Wilson, and and I had Jones and Wilson flip flop. That's all. I yeah. still love the upside of Trey Lance. Yeah, I, I I don't have an answer here. I just you know Trevor Lawrence we we make excuses for because of the coaching and the staff and all that kind of stuff. But you know some people have compared him to Peyton Manning in the past as a prospect. But Peyton Manning had good coaching. So how do you really say if he is or isn't in that on that kind of spectrum? So I, I really don't know what to do with Lawrence. I think if somebody came calling with like a really attractive offer for Lawrence right now and he was you know my quarterback too, like I I might be willing to move him at this point. Um, I don't know. Yeah, we got we got a few more weeks to look at these rookie quarterbacks. I really do hope that we at least get the week or two at the end of the year of Trey Lance. Let him run yeah. that offense and see see some of that upside like we did with so many other young quarterbacks over the last handful of seasons. Uh, if you guys haven't already heard, DLF will once again be running our annual Black Friday, Friday Cyber Week sale. And this year, it's going to be our biggest sale ever. Starting immediately after Thanksgiving and running through Friday, December 3rd, you can get a full year of DLF premium access for $15 off the normal annual membership price. That's just $34.99 for a full year of industry-leading analysis, rankings, tools, and a community from the most experienced dynasty site on the planet. With over 30 analytics tools, the most comprehensive and informative dynasty trade analyzer in the business, and the best dynasty rankings anywhere, this is an incredible value that will pay dividends all year long. So don't miss out on your chance to get the best deal of the year on the best dynasty site in the industry. Let's talk about the Packers and the Vikings. The Vikes win this 34-31. to Kirk Cousins goes for over 303 touchdowns, and... Justin Jefferson, holy cow, eight catches, 169 yards, two touchdowns, and looked like the best player on the field at times once again. Delvin Cook, uh, 22 carries, just 86 yards, but he found pay dirt. So the Vikings, if you had a guy in your lineup, Ryan, on the Vikings, you're happy because Adam Thielen, he scored as well, eight catches, 82 yards, and the touchdown. Yeah, I mentioned Thielen a little bit last week as a player I would be targeting uh, on a contender and uh, it it certainly remains the case. Ten targets here, eight catches, 82, and a touchdown. Um, and, and going back to the conversation we were having with with Matt's teams, looking for that uh, that short term help to you know push you into the playoffs and and hopefully to a title. I think Thielen is the the perfect player because at his age, if he's on a roster that's not contending, they want they want him off, right? They want to get value for him while they can and. I think he, you know, he's he's going to keep this up. This this was the target, the workload that we had been uh, 
hoping for and looking for, even though Justin Jefferson got his as well. I'm not yeah, moving at those guys. I'm not moving him for, oh, for Calvin Ridley, though. No, no, you don't have to. That's that's my point. Yeah. Like you, you need to you need to move down your uh, your shopping list and and you know give a, a a pair of seconds for Adam Thielen or a second and a prospect yep. or something. Yeah, the best thing about Thielen is once again it's ten targets. This time, eight catches for eighty two yards and a score. And it feels like he's scoring every darn week. Uh, he didn't last week against the Chargers, but before that, just piling up those touchdowns once again. Everybody said that the regression was coming in the touchdown department after last season's big year uh, in that category, but it just hasn't happened, and he's looked so good. For the Packers, their their offense looked all right, too. 385 yards and four touchdowns for Aaron Rodgers. Also added 21 rushing yards. Devontae Adams was great, 7 for 115 and two scores. And MVS got deep a couple of times. Four catches, 123 yards and a score on 10 targets. Couldn't believe that. I had to start MVS in one league. One of those situations like you were talking about, Matt. Uh, Sunday morning, setting lineups. Everybody you turn to is out. Lots of O's and I's on, on MFL for us. And MVS was the best one left. And I crossed my fingers, hope he got deep. And he did it for a touchdown. Uh, A.J. Dillon, last guy, just 11 carries, playing from behind for most of the game, but man, he can catch the ball, guys. He, he looks natural catching the football out of the backfield, six catches for 44 yards, so he saves his day as a pass catcher. Uh, let's jump over to the Dolphins and the Jets. Miami wins 24-17, to Tua throws a couple of touchdowns, but man, the story in this one is Elijah Moore. Another big game for the rookie. Eight catches, 141 yards, and a score on 11 targets. He's their wide receiver one already. 24 catches for 336 yards and four touchdowns over the last four games and a touchdown in five straight, fellas. So uh, clearly the guy they're trying to get the ball to, both in the short and uh, deep parts of the field, they're running him vertically. He had a big score on Sunday. I like that they're still using him on those bubble screens and giving him opportunities around the line of scrimmage to to do the Rondale Moore type of thing. Um, he's been really impressive, and his value just is, is skyrocketing right now. Yeah, it was good to see um, at- – Moore's usage. We, we've seen some good games from him. As you said, in, in recent weeks, he had uh, found the end zone multiple times and, and had put up some productive uh, stat lines, but had still been fourth or fifth uh, when it comes to snaps or targets or uh, routes run. But that was not the case in this one. Uh, second most uh, t- snaps on the team among wide receivers behind only Corey Davis. Second most routes run led the team in targets. Uh, and and all other receiving categories. So yeah, it really does feel like like he's arrived. And you're right, the hype was already there. So now that he's actually producing, uh, I don't think you can buy him with Calvin Ridley. Yeah, I don't think so either. I was going to say the exact same thing. I traded Daryl Henderson last week straight up for Elijah Moore, and I'm I'm happy with that one. I think our trade calculator said that was a bad move, but uh, I wanted the young guy, and and I was trying to move off of Henderson while I still could. Um, we mentioned to a stat line, 237 yards and two touchdowns. He threw one of them to Gaskin. I think the other one was to, uh, Hollins. So didn't really help us getting the football to Waddle or Gusecki, one of the guys we really wanted him to score. But 
What are we what are we doing with Tua, Matt? We seem to talk about him regularly. Are you are you buying or are you selling? Yeah, I want to. I know we talked about him last week, but I kind of just wanted to bring him up one more time and and kind of plant a little bit of a flag for him once again and, and kind of just look at his season this year. I think we can kind of write off what happened last season, still recovering from that hip injury and, you know, didn't look great uh, most of the season. And then this season he's had the, the cracked ribs, he's had the finger issue. But if we really look what he's done, uh, you know, back in week one, he was kind of mediocre against the Patriots quarterback 22, but he did have that rushing touchdown. Uh, he was work uh, hurt in week two against Buffalo. Week 10, uh, he was, or excuse me, week six, he was quarterback 10 versus Jacksonville. Week seven, quarterback one against Atlanta. Another rough game in week eight against Buffalo, but he still had that rushing touchdown down which brought him up to quarterback 14 week 10 came in off the bench you know in relief of of Brissett uh, against Baltimore and kind of sealed the victory with another rushing touchdown and then today uh, I think he's quarterback nine currently entering uh, Sunday night football and 82 percent completion percentage today so I just think we're riding him off too soon we've seen a lot of hate for him recently and wanted to kind of bring some attention back to him as a, a buy candidate in super flex leagues uh, a reasonable uh, add, I think, uh, in that low-end quarterback one, high-end quarterback two range. The last note on this game for me, fellas, is Jamison Crowder, six catches for 44 yards. We've been mentioning in the last couple of weeks, those those guys you can get on the real cheap if you need somebody to plug in as your wide receiver three or flex player. He has between five and nine targets in each game this season. Not going to throw up a lot of yards, um, sometimes only 20, all the way up to 84, and scores a couple times over the last seven weeks, or, or maybe it's eight, seven weeks since uh, being activated off of IR. He's a guy that you can probably get for a third-round pick. You should, shouldn't pay more than that, but if you need a guy with all these injuries and all these buys, he might be a guy worth, uh, worth going out there and trying to grab. Let's jump over to the Eagles and the Saints. Philadelphia wins this one 40-29, just 147 passing yards for Jalen Hurts, but it was all about his running game. He's like a running back out there, 18 carries, 69 yards, and three rushing touchdowns. We all wondered how the rest of that backfield would shake out, and it was Miles Sanders for the most part, 16 carries for 94, while Jordan Howard gets 10 for 63. This running game, Ryan. Holy cow. Philadelphia, we were we, we complained every single week about the lack of usage of the running backs for the first five or six weeks. And now Jalen Hurts either turns around and hands it to one of these guys or runs it himself on almost every play. Yeah, it's it's crazy how they've turned this around and um and I love it. It's really, fun to watch. It's crazy how it's weird. It it's really fun to watch. Yeah, I, I agree. It, it it still was a little frustrating if you were relying on Miles Sanders because it seems like over the past uh, few weeks when Sanders was out that Hertz was not running as much. But in, in this one, uh, Hertz leads the team with, with 18 carries and, and, as you mentioned, scores the three touchdowns. So uh, even though I thought Sanders had a, a pretty solid uh, return to the lineup, Felt like like there could have been some more fantasy points. I know he uh, he lost a fumble and uh, it, a costly fumble. I believe it was inside the five yard line mm-hmm. and, and set up a score for um, for the Saints. So after that, got benched for a little while, came back in. Uh, a decent start for Miles Sanders. Not probably not what we were really hoping for though. Yeah, and then Jordan Howard got banged up. He missed a little yeah. bit of time. Um, you know, really, we even saw Boston Scott for a handful of carries in the middle of the game. Uh, they end up carrying the ball 50 times in the game, 50 rushes between the three running backs and Jalen Hurts. 
Um, on the other side of things, we should probably talk about Adam Troutman, Ryan. There's, he has a nice game, five catches, 58 yards and a score on eight targets. The touchdown was an impressive one. He had to adjust in the back of the end zone. I was uh, kind of surprised Simeon even threw it, but he was a regular target of Trevor Simeon in this one, which is a good sign. Yeah, the three best games of his season have come in the past three weeks. Uh, Eight-plus fantasy points in all three of those. The only time he scored at least eight fantasy points this season. So definitely trending up. Uh, Jawan Johnson was his primary competition earlier in the season. He was uh, he was a scratch in this one, I believe, a healthy scratch. So uh, more good news. And, and Mike Clay, our buddy from ESPN, uh, tweeted that over the past five games, Troutman actually leads the Saints in targets. So uh, kind kind of a, uh, a a slow moving breakout for Troutman. Uh, he he tied for the lead in targets in this one with eight, along with Traquan Smith and Mark Ingram, who was pretty impressive in this one. Sixteen carries for eighty eight yards and caught six passes for twenty five. I don't know. It's just a gut feeling, guys. This Kamara injury feels like it's gonna last. Uh, that that DNP late in the week um, makes me think that Mark Ingram might be a might be a savvy grab if you want to try to try to grab a running back to get you through for the next handful of weeks. He uh, he's getting all the workload there in New Orleans right now. Uh, would you would you trade Calvin Ridley for? Him? No, I, I think I'd probably <laughs> sidestep that offer. Um, all right. Just, just making sure. Other notes from the game: Devonta Smith four for sixty-one, Dallas Goddard five for sixty-two. Uh, they didn't throw it often, but at least they got those two involved. The guy that they didn't get involved and really haven't since they drafted him is Jalen Rager. Just one catch for negative one yards on three targets. He's not a part of this offense right now. I'm wondering, fellas, is, what can we do about Jalen Rager? He, he's pretty much just a roster clogger that we got to hold in case he gets his opportunity. He's a roster clogger. You said it. That's what I was exactly what I was going to say if you didn't say it. I mean, yeah, but we can't drop you him. Can't. It's not like David Johnson. <laughs> Yeah, you can't drop them, but you can't sell them for literally anything. So, I mean, what I mean, what are you hoping for there? A better quarterback, a different coaching staff? Like, I know you think that Hurts is not the starter next year. I don't. I'm not ready to jump on that boat. But it doesn't seem like the coaches are going to get canned after one year. So, I don't know. He just seems like he's just going to sit there on your bench for for a while. Well, I mean, when I wrote I wrote the roster clogger article, I think seven or eight years ago, and. I, I highlighted three things. You can't start them, and you certainly can't start Jalen Rager. Has no trade value. Matt, you already said it. Can't get anything. Maybe you can get a third. I doubt it. What's the point? A a third is, yeah, a third is is your best bet, your best hope, uh, and that's not good enough. And and then the third piece is long-term upside or or value. Um, And I think just based on draft capital, based on his age, he still has that going for him, even though he hasn't shown any reason to have those, those things on the field. Um, so I, I actually wouldn't call him a roster clogger yet because of that. Uh, if you, if you were a roster clogger, I think we should drop him. So, so you're not, you're not there. You're not going to call him the roster clogger. That's I, I'm not there, but he's getting close. Maybe you can trade him for Mark Ingram for a few weeks of Mark Ingram. Can you trade him if for Quez Watkins? Roster? Well, if you want the same player, you know, quite <laughs> same player, worst draft capital. One target, no catches. At least Rager had a catch for negative yardage in PPR. <laughs> Sweet 0.9. Well, we just mentioned David Johnson's uh, name. 13 carries. 
for 18 yards, three catches for 16, and got outplayed by Rex Burkhead as the Texans win 22-13 to because of Tyrod Taylor, really, guys. Just 107 passing yards, six r- rushes for 28 yards, and two rushing touchdowns. So you guys already mentioned it. I was, I was going to mention... You can drop David Johnson. We don't need him anymore. What's the best case scenario? He gets a chance somewhere else next year, and that chance is going to be very limited at at best. So um, I'm moving on from David Johnson if I have. I mean, that one league you could get Calvin Ridley for. There you go. I mean, oh, yeah, you can get Calvin Ridley. So let's just do that instead. If if there wasn't something that we can't see in the trade finder involved in that deal, that guy is very sad today because you know he traded him and started him this week. That trade happened last week and he started him this week, and that's what he got. Outplayed by Rex Burkhead. 13 carries for 18 (laughs) yards. Burkhead goes 18 for 40. Brandon Cook, speaking of disappointments, two catches for 18 yards on three targets. With Tyrod back there, they just don't have to throw it all that much, especially when they have. If it's even a close game, if it's a one-score game, they're they're just not going to throw the football. And Cooks is almost unstartable now. We had to start him in Week 11 because of all the injuries, all the buys. Uh, but but we got to look for other options are, moving forward. Are there for the Titans? Oh, go I was ahead. just going to say, are there any good? teams in the nfl left because tennessee we thought was good they lose we're going to talk about buffalo next they keep losing to bad teams like it just seems like more than any other season and maybe we say this all the time that like there's seven teams seven or eight teams in both conferences we could say it is a super bowl favorite right now i love it i love it absolutely love it. but it makes fantasy real hard real (laughs) difficult yeah we we have a lot of hard times setting these lineups i was all excited about uh, starting Marcus Johnson in one league. Picked him up. He was going to be that, that final flex in a start 10 players league. And Nick Westbrook-Akina got all the action. Seven catches for 107 yards on eight targets. After Marcus Johnson pulls up lame on, on an end zone target. Ugh, that was frustrating. Speaking of frustrating, the whole Titans offense was that way on Sunday. Tannehill goes over 300 but throws four interceptions. The one touchdown. A.J. Brown was, was ho-hum at best. Five catches for 48 yards. So what are we doing with any any of these? Is there anything to do with any of these Titans, man? No. I mean, hope A.J. Brown is healthy enough to play next week, plug him in, and either are very disappointed or excited with when he hits a ceiling game. I mean, that's where we're so, at. We're, so we're, do a prayer. Do a little prayer with A.J. Brown. We're rolling the dice with A.J. Brown, and that's that's it, right? Yeah, that – man, Derrick Henry, you got to stay healthy, bud. <laughs> we need you. Apparently the Titans do too. I, I do kind of like uh, Des, Fit, Des Fitzpatrick. He was a fourth rounder for the Titans. Didn't even uh, actually make the team uh, coming out of out of training camp, but has uh, landed back with them now, uh, mostly due to injuries. Both uh, AJ Brown and and as you already said, Marcus Johnson uh, missed time with uh, and Julio. Of course, he missed. And, and yeah, and and Julio obviously. So, uh, but but because of injuries, Des uh, Des Fitzpatrick, the rookie. Led the team in snaps, led the team in routes run in this one, and scored his uh, his first touchdown. Got six targets, so he's probably I mean, on the waiver wire in a bunch of leagues. Uh, I think he might be. Yeah, maybe. Uh, I mean, we've already chased Westbrook Akine. We've chased uh, Marcus Johnson this uh, just over the past few weeks. So Des Fitzpatrick can't be worse than those guys. No doubt. Uh, speaking of can't being wor- can't be worse, the Bills couldn't be couldn't be much worse than what the Bills put on film on Sunday against the Colts. Indianapolis wins this one, forty-one to fifteen, and it was all JT. 
I have said for weeks, it feels like every week I say, why can't JT get more than 18 touches in a game? How about 34, or excuse me, 35 total touches, 32 on the ground, 185 and four touchdowns, three catches for 19 and another score. Like I said in the opening, he, 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 he probably set a record in your league. He's one of, That's one of the best performances we've seen. Except for Kamara last, uh, last year. Yeah, it, it, he's man, he was just impressive doing it, too. It, it looked like a man playing with a bunch of high schoolers. So uh, he was running through tackles on every single play. Uh, I was so happy that the Colts just fed him the football throughout the game. 32 carries. That's, that's, uh, that's the kind of workload that we like to see out of our, our number one tailback. He he set the record. Yeah. Uh, Tom once or t- tied Ladanian Tomlinson's record with the most consecutive games with 100 plus yards from scrimmage and a touchdown. And I think it was a seven or eight games in a I row think now. It's eight. Yeah, eight games in a row. Yeah, eight games. So, I believe that's pretty good company. Yeah, fifty. You think pretty good? <laughs> that's, that's not bad. You know, LT. You know, <laughs> not, not too not too shabby. Fifty three point four fantasy points. Uh, that is the thirteenth best fantasy game all time from a running back. Mm, Actually, yeah, kind of not that good. JT, not, higher, not even but, the top ten. Come on, pick it up. Yeah, only only thirteenth best, but um, second best since twenty ten. Only uh, only that Alvin Kamara's um, game. Actually, I'm sorry, second best since twenty thirteen. Uh, the the great Jamal Charles game. Uh, sec- oh yeah, sure. Yeah. J- the the Charles game is second best all time. Kamara's game from last year is fourth best all time, and uh, and uh, Taylor slots in at thirteen. Yeah, thirteen Still is pre- surprising. Pretty good. Uh, he had seventeen or eighteen touches at halftime, and I thought, oh no, they're they're not gonna they're not willing to give him enough of these touches, and uh, they surprised me for sure. They get the Buccaneers next week, so another tough. Uh, tough matchup for Jonathan Taylor, but I think he'll take care of it. I, I think the interesting conversation with Taylor right now is, should he be the 101 or is it one of these young wide receivers? Because, um, I mean, even if you're a strong McCaffrey owner or McCaffrey supporter, I don't think you can, I don't think you can go that route anymore. It's either it's either JT or a wide receiver. Yeah, I agree. Or or I mean, I'm still going to be on in a one quarterback situation. I'm going to say Pitts is still still in the conversation. Let's jump over to the Washington Football Team. Uh, they play the Carolina Panthers, and the football team comes out on top, twenty-seven to twenty-one. Taylor Heineke was good, two hundred six, three touchdowns and twenty-nine rushing yards. So if you had to go with him in a two quarterback league, you're excited about that. Other than that, Antonio Gibson, 19 for 95, but no targets. Terry McLaurin, he scores, goes 5 for 103. That's nice to hear as well. I guess everything to talk about here, Ryan, is probably on the Carolina side because Cam Newton was real good. 189 and 2 through the air, then 10 carries for 46 yards and a rushing score. So he, he came up big in his first official start back with the Panthers. He absolutely did. Quarterback three on the week uh, here with just a couple games left. So uh, almost certainly will end up will end up as a top five quarterback on the week. And I think he's a QB one for the rest of the season moving forward. Um, a, a tough player to value in dynasty because of his age, because of uh, the uncertainty of, of what his 2022 season might look like. But we heard it even after last week, after he played – spot duty that Carolina would consider him 
but basically consider this an audition for the for next season. So um, they have to, they have to like what they have seen for sure. Yeah, passes with flying colors based on this game and and his limited duty last week. He's looked really good. Christian McCaffrey in this one. Uh, 10 carries for 59 and seven catches for 60 in a score. He's going to end up the week as a running back one, back end running back one most likely. DJ Moore, five for 50 and a touchdown as well. How about the Baltimore Ravens beating the Bears 16 to 13? Tyler Huntley gets thrown into emergency duty, 219 yards and a pick, ran for 40 yards. So, Handled the offense just fine. They get the win. That's all they really wanted. I'm I'm just wondering uh, what what might have been because I, it was supposed to be the breakout for Bateman. It was supposed to be a big game for for really this offense in general. And Mark Andrews got his eight catches for 73 on 10 targets. But we'll have to wait for next week on that. For the Bears, the injury to Justin Fields is. I guess concerning. Uh, Andy Dalton came in and played well, though. 201 and two touchdowns. Darnell Mooney got his five for 121 and a long score on 16 targets. What are we doing about Mooney coming off this big game, Matt? I want to move him. I mean, I don't know if we're going to see a 16 target game from Mooney again. It doesn't really, unless we have a situation where there's no Allen Robinson and there's nobody else there, I guess you could, could, could paint that picture. But I mean, can you, can you, and would you trade him for Allen Robinson at this point? If you're planning for 2022, I kind of, I I kind of think I would too. Uh, And some other, just looking in the trade finder for, for Allen Robinson deals. Like it's, it's crazy what you can get him for right now. Uh, Deep uh, Donovan Peoples Jones and Amon St. Ron, Amon Ross St. Brown for him. Uh, Tony, what? Yeah, Tony Pollard straight up for him. Uh, Fuller and a third. Jamichael Hasty and LaVisca Chenault. That one's, I guess, borderline, depending on how you feel about LaVisca Chenault and what your status is for 2022. But I think there's an argument there, too. So I think, uh, you know, as we get into the offseason, Allen Robinson, you know, before he ends up on a new team, cross your fingers, uh, he's going to be a, a big buy target, I think, this season, this offseason. Yeah, I'm going to buy him where I can. He's been a guy I've had on a lot of dynasty rosters over the years and will continue to be, I I just believe. And I also think he is motivated to find a place where there's a quarterback that can get him the football, and that's going to do a lot for his fantasy value moving forward. In this game, David Montgomery carried the ball 14 times for 58 yards and caught one pass. That, That box score doesn't look all that impressive, But the Bears in general, Ryan, did not look all that impressive. They were playing from behind for most of the game. What are your thoughts on Montgomery right now? Because he gets the 14 carries. The rest of that offense, at least the running backs, just won. Yeah, it's it's just the usage that makes me feel feel confident in, in Montgomery moving forward. Yeah, this was kind of a game to forget for the Bears for a lot of reasons, but uh, Montgomery plays 56 out of 59 snaps, as you said, handled almost all of the uh, the rushing workload. And, I mean, it was just, uh, just a few weeks ago that some people were suggesting Khalil Herbert might be making this a, a committee backfield, and Herbert had one touch and gained no yards. So, uh, he's he's looking like a, a nice story for for that month long stretch and not much more. Yeah, a guy you might want long term, but it's going to be real long term because Montgomery is entrenched there at this point. Uh, guys, you're listening to the DLF Dynasty Prop Podcast, which is brought to you by Monkey Knife Fight, the daily fantasy sports site built for the rest of us. Instead of competing against professional players, Monkey Knife Fight 
is made for the average fan to have a chance at winning. Monkey Knife Fight offers the ability to play a wide variety of fantasy contests, including their popular more or less games, allowing you to simply pick if a player is going to score more or less than his given line. In addition to the usual games for football, baseball, basketball, and hockey, you can also play contests in golf, soccer, NASCAR, UFC, eSports, and more. Not only can you play these fun, unique games, but if you sign up at DynastyLeagueFootball.com, you'll get a free full year of DLF Premium. Simply log on to our site, click the banner image for Monkey Knife Fight, and create a new account with an initial deposit. Monkey Knife Fight will match the deposit up to $100, and your DLF subscription will be set up automatically within 36 hours. What are you waiting for? You should go sign up today. The Bengals beat the Raiders 32-13. to The Raiders are falling apart. They just don't, don't look good for sure. Joe Mixon does, though. 30 carries, 123 yards, two touchdowns, and just just brutalized the, the Las Vegas defense for that entire game. There were times when Burrow would drop back to pass, and I'd say to myself, why are you doing that? And Mixon's popping off six, eight, ten-yard gains. Uh, and then the next play, they'd hand it to Mixon, and he'd score a touchdown. So uh, Jamar Chase, he caught a touchdown, so that was fine. There wasn't a lot really to get excited about for the Vegas. Seven catches, 116 yards for Darren Waller on eight targets. Is there anything here, Ryan, that you're thinking about with either of these two teams? Yeah, a little, little worried about T. Higgins. Sure. Um, we've, we've talked about other players like him, uh, Deontay Johnson, kind of in the, in the same range as far as uh, a solid floor from these players typically, but we haven't seen the ceiling, and, and that's been the case with T. Higgins for most of the games this season. Uh, wide receiver 19 is the best game he's had all year. Hasn't scored more than four, um, I'm sorry, more than 14 fantasy points since week one. Um, and then in this one just sees three targets, only two catches. So th- that, that decent floor, that double digit floor that we've uh, kind of been used to was not there with T Higgins today and, and kind of seems to be trending down for Higgins. Boyd was, uh, was a big piece of this offense in this one. Just one target for outside wide receivers for Vegas. Zay Jones got, or excuse me, two targets. He got a deep ball that was thrown out of bounds. Like, we can't invest in any of these Vegas receivers. Hunter Renfro catches his four four balls for 30 yards out of the slot. But, man, they'd rather send Foster Moreau out there and throw him the end zone target down the field. These, These wide receivers, they just don't have value. How about the Chiefs and the Cowboys? This one was billed as the game of the week. It was supposed to be a fantasy fiasco and, and so many fantasy points. And Mahomes and Dak Prescott both crapped the bed. No touchdown passes. Three picks between them. Uh, just 476 passing yards between the two of them. And disappointing. Really, if you any if you played anybody out of this matchup, you're probably disappointed. I guess Clyde gets into the end zone. Travis Kelsey has that rushing touchdown, catches five for seventy-four, and, and Tyreek catches nine for seventy-seven. But that's not what this game was supposed to be. Uh Ryan, you, you watch this game. CEH, he returns. He he's all right. Uh, but we're we're lucky he scored, really. Yeah, yeah, we are. If you were relying on him, I, I wasn't quite ready to do that yet. Not not putting him back into lineups. Just wanted to see how uh, man your how teams they would must be him. good if you didn't have to start him this week. <laughs> I've got some decent ones. Got some pretty good ones. <laughs> Humble brag. Uh, 
but um, yeah, it, it was good to see him basically regain that uh, that workhorse role where he uh, he had the majority, large majority of the backfield uh, touches. And as you said, got into the end zone to help fantasy managers and and help the Chiefs. Uh, I still think there's a there's a perception out there uh, because he was the first rounder, because he was drafted ahead of Taylor and, and Swift and everyone else, because he was the 101 in a lot of rookie drafts. Certainly, he's been a disappointment compared to those standards and compared to those expectations. But that doesn't mean he can't help fantasy managers and, and, and dynasty managers. And I think because of that, he's, a, he's an excellent trade target right now. Yeah, 12 carries, 63 yards, and a score, while Damian Williams just gets five touches out of the backfield for 15 yards as a runner and just one catch. So I'm, I'm not sure exactly how that's going to play out. I don't mind buying him. I, I don't mind trying to get any kind of discount um, he feels it feels to me, Ryan, like maybe he's just a built in discount because of the injury and because of all those things you said about the draft capital. He's relatively cheap, most likely. Yeah, I think he absolutely is. And um, when we talk about looking for that short term help, so often we go towards veterans. You, you've already mentioned Mark Ingram is a, is a guy that could help uh, just because. Edwards Alaire is, is younger doesn't mean he can't be that short-term guy that helps uh, push us towards the playoffs. Yeah, and give a little bit of long-term upside as well. For the Cowboys, Zeke went down in the first half. He ended up coming back and catching some passes late to save his fantasy day. More concerning, though, CeeDee Lamb. He goes down late in the first half and looks like a head injury. We're not sure exactly how that's going to um, affect him, but they do play on Thursday, of course, because of Thanksgiving, probably not looking good for CD Lamb to be in our lineups next week. Uh, the last game we should talk about is the Cardinals and the Seahawks. Cards win this one 23-13. Colt McCoy goes for more than 302 touchdowns, both of which to Zach Ertz. Eight catches, 88 yards for Ertz, and man, he is picking up steam. Feels like every week there's a reason to talk about Zach Ertz, even without Kyler Murray, even, I guess, maybe because DeAndre Hopkins isn't in the lineup, feels like he's regularly a tight end one, Ryan. are we? Is he just listed as one of those veterans that we can add to our rosters if we need tight end help, or is it something more than that? I, I think that's probably it, but uh, again, this is one of those offenses that we want pieces of, and, and he's a pretty cheap way to get that right now. Uh, a lot of, a lot of dynasty managers just gave up on Ertz because of the injuries, because it, it looked like, uh, really for over a year that he was leaving that team and, and Dallas Goddard was taking over that, that role in, uh, in Philadelphia. I don't think Ertz's dynasty value has, has bounced back probably to where it should be. That's what it feels like to me. Uh, and that's why he qualifies, at least for me, as one of those veterans that you can get still at a discount, but can make a big time impact. And a guy that's probably pretty high on that list, if you haven't hit your trade deadline just just yet, eight catches, 88 yards and two scores. That's uh, that's the kind of production we want out of tight ends from every now and then. And then he has the baseline, of course, as well. He's always going to be a part of that offense, get his five, six, seven, eight, nine targets and probably put up between 40 and 60 receiving yards and throw in a touchdown every few weeks, and, and that turns into a tight end one. Rondale Moore in this one, guys, 11 catches for 51 yards. That is 
That is the most ho hum eleven catch game of all time, and that's so Rondale Moore. It's, it's like, like and it's like the poster boy for people that hate PPR leagues, right? I mean, yeah, exactly. I, we said it. That's we said exactly it. What it is. We said it all off season. He's going to be a PPR cheat code, and I mean, this is the games that kind of games you're going to get from him with the occasional spike game once he gets, you know, more integrated in the offense, older receivers age out, that kind of thing. Yeah, and he had one of those spike games already, one of the massive, massive big games where he shows his upside. We're probably still trying to add him to our rosters. For the Seahawks, Russell Wilson, 207 yards, no touchdowns, no picks. Ryan, he he doesn't look like good old Russ. He ain't cooking. Not even close. Not even close. Uh, Is he simmering? Quarterback He's 21. Simmering. He's not even simmering. <laughs> no. Nope. No. I wish, I wish. Uh, quarterback 21 right now, this week, headed into uh, the, the last two games of the week, so almost sure to fall uh, maybe down to that quarterback 25 range. His past four games, quarterback 19, quarterback 27, that's the one he left uh, early due to injury, quarterback 26 and quarterback 21. Uh, yeah, I mean, you can't, you just can't start him right now. I don't know what's going on uh, with that offense it, it's not all the injury because uh, it, two of those games were before the injury. So just just really frustrating right now. We, we normally see that second half of the season uh, drop for Russell Wilson. It doesn't feel it, it doesn't feel the same as that, though. It feels even worse. Yeah, you can't, you can't drop from from where he was at, at the midway point of this year. It, it seems injury related. There are times when he has open receivers streaking down the field and misses them either high or just inaccurately threw a ball out of bounds that was supposed to be to DK. He had the step. Um, and those are the kind of plays that we really count on when it comes to Russell Wilson. He doesn't seem that comfortable running and throwing either. So we'll see how it plays out. The Seahawks now sitting at 3-7. and seven. There's the concern that maybe they, they throw in the towel at some point if they lose a couple more games and what that may, will mean for Russell Wilson. We'll just, we'll just have to take our lumps with Russ. I mean, that's it, right? Like, they're – what is that? Like, they're not going to make the playoffs at this point, right? Like, they're one of the few teams we can count out out of that division or the only team we can count out of that division, I think. Yeah, and you know they're not gonna say that until they're mathematically uh, out of the playoffs. But as soon as that happens, I'd be concerned that that we just don't get Russell Wilson for the rest of the year. He's clearly banged up and and not himself. Well, and we could this could be it for for the whole regime, right? But Carroll's got could be gone. Russ could be gone next year. When then then where are we at with Metcalf? Uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what they how they rebuild this team. Yeah, those will be some conversations for the off season here on the pod. Uh, once again, I want to mention that Cyber Week sale that we got going over at DLF. Log on, DynastyLeagueFootball.com. It's the best time of the year to add DLF Premium at a year. Um, just $34.99. So DLF Premium, $15 off your normal annual membership price. Just $34.99 over at DynastyLeagueFootball.com. For Ryan and Matt, I'm Dan. Thanks for listening to the Week 11 edition of the DLF Dynasty Podcast. We'll catch you again next week.